This episode of The Anvil was pre-recorded before the current restrictions due to the coronavirus pandemic. We hope you enjoy it. Due to personal reasons, there may be some disruption to our podcast over the coming weeks. Please bear with us and we'll try and get them out as regularly as possible. Hello, welcome to The Anvil podcast from Church's Bookshop. That's Andrew. That's Georgia. And that's Linda. And we're here to talk about some different faith things that affect us as millennials, um, in the hope that we can sharpen and challenge each other's minds, and maybe yours as well. Now, Church's Bookshop is an ecumenical organisation, and each of us come from a, a very different range of backgrounds. So everything we're saying is just our own personal views. We don't represent any particular organisation or denomination. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. What do we mean when we say spiritual gifts? Yeah, that's a good question because... Yeah, I think different people might have slightly different definitions. Yeah, I think you're going to get a different answer in an Anglican church and a Pentecostal church. Yeah, definitely. Um, And like even in the Bible there seems to be a lot of different passages that talk about it and they list different ones and it's the question, do do you think that this list is the list of all of the spiritual gifts or... Do you think that there's, you know, different ones mentioned in each one and maybe there's some that aren't mentioned in any list? Yeah, Um, and maybe it's just about the gifts that the person writing particularly related to or thought were most important. I think most of the time when we talk about spiritual gifts, people are thinking of of what we would call supernatural gifts. The main one I often think of is speaking in tongues, so speaking a language you don't know. Like the miracles and Uh, healings, um, prophecy... Interpreting tongues, that one, yeah. One. So like, so like things that you couldn't naturally do. I mean, obviously, as Christians, I guess we recognise that everything that we do is from God. But is there a distinction between just the natural gifts that you're given um, by virtue of being created by God and all having different skills and interests, or is there? Are we talking about something else when we talk about spiritual gifts? That's the big question, isn't it? I think that personally, when I think about spiritual gifts, I probably think about both supernatural and less miraculous gifts, but I then probably do divide them up in my mind into those two sections. Yeah, I I think I probably do the same. Like, if I'm really thinking about it, I say, okay, so um, someone has a gift for flower arranging. In some ways, is that not a spiritual gift? It's a gift that God has given them. Yeah. But do I think of it in the same breath as someone who can prophesy or or heal someone? No, I don't think I do. Um, But I don't know if I should. But I guess you could say that anybody who is gifted at arranging flowers, does that mean that they have a spiritual gift? Because they could even be somebody who who doesn't have a faith or doesn't acknowledge Christianity or that there is such a thing as spiritual gifts. So would you want to put that? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, and maybe it's a maybe it's more of a psychological thing for us as Christians that we could choose to consider any gift we have as a spiritual gift because we're choosing to use it in service of God and in a church or a Christian context. Maybe there's something in that. But doesn't that mean then that the, the gift depends on the receiver rather than the giver? I, I think I'd fall on on a different thing. Say actually, these people who aren't Christian have God still gives them gifts. I think. I think God's given all of humanity gifts. He's given us life. He's given us skills and talents and and a heart for things and passions. I think I'd say that maybe the the gift is there. Whether we acknowledge it as a gift is up to us. Hmm. I was reading a book recently by C.S. Lewis, which was very clever, and I don't think I understood all of it. But um, one of the things he was saying was that all humans are given certain gifts by God that are given to us whether or not we want them and almost against our will, that just by virtue of being human we have certain gifts we're given. 
but there are also other gifts that we as Christians can choose to receive or not receive. And he was arguing that it's those gifts that, that give us the option to move closer to God and to become nearer to him and more in relationship with him, whereas the gifts that we're all given simply because we're given them, because we're human. They might be what make us like God and created in the image of God, but they don't make us closer to God in terms of relationship. You can tell that's a C.F. Lewis thought, isn't I it? I told that's... you it was very clever and hard yeah, to understand. Very clever, <laughs> yeah, I suppose a lot of it comes down to the purpose of them, of the gifts. I suppose being a Christian and acknowledging the, the Holy Spirit means that we have a, a different responsibility about how we use our gifts and we do that in his power and, and for the building up of the church. Yeah, and I think that's the big one. It, uh, in the Bible it talks about the, these gifts and particularly supernatural gifts are given for the building up of the body of Christ. Mm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case that most of these gifts are given for us to use for others. Yeah. I think often we think of spiritual gifts as something always oh, given to me but is it given to me or is it given to the church? It's just through me. You know, am I able to do youth work for my sake or is it actually because the church, the body of Christ needs some people who will do youth work? Mm. It's just as it much as it needs some people who can preach, some people who can go and be a missionary. Mm. You know, it needs all these things that we've each given gifts that fit into the whole. Yeah, which I guess makes sense as to why certain gifts are mentioned in the Bible um, because they would be written about at a time when the church was just starting and it was, just, uh, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it's like first apostles, then teachers or pastors yeah. or whatever it is. But um, it's kind of those gifts that are recognised as this is how the church is starting. This is how the Holy Spirit is working. Yeah, and I think it's probably always been true that a church in different times and in different cultural contexts has, has needs of very particular gifts and very particular people. I think a bit deeper into this, I guess, all of us have had different experiences of, of spiritual gifts, um, both supernatural and otherwise. So I wonder if you want to share a little bit about about those. I, I know for me personally, for a long time, I hadn't really experienced any of the supernatural gifts. You know, perhaps I'd, I'd received, I felt I, I had a word from God for somebody while praying for them. But it's hard for me. You never really know if that word was right. You kind of have to leave it up to God for that. So that, that didn't quite feel the same. You don't know as you're saying it, mm. that you're not just making it up. Yeah, I've met some people who can be really, really confident that um, they'll, they'll almost speak and just say, God says this, or God says that. or um, And they seem to have, I guess, quite a prophetic gifting in that they can easily recognise when something is from God and when it might just be their own brain thinking but that's something that I always find quite hard like I do I do believe that God speaks um and I think sometimes using the word speaks can slightly com confuse us because we're sort of expecting it to, to be able to hear it as clearly as you would when a human is speaking to you but often God speaks in in so many different ways and to some people it might be a really clear-cut prophetic gifting and to others the way that God speaks to you about your everyday life might be through certain feelings or something that you've been reading or the m music and then to to actually kind of pass on a message to somebody else it might be that you're just thinking well is this just something that I'm feeling or is this what God is saying to that person and I think it's very true that, that God recognizes how different we are as individuals and he he approaches us in the way that we 
individually need him to and the way that we're best going to understand and experience him. So I think sometimes we can fall into a trap of, particularly with spiritual gifts, of comparing our experiences with someone else's and thinking maybe I'm, I'm not as faithful or not as good a Christian as them if I've not had this particular experience or this particular gift given to me. And I think actually it's just that God doesn't see us as comparable. He sees us all as individuals and he gives us the gifts and approaches us in the ways that are going to be most valuable to us personally and to the plan he has for our lives. Yeah, but I think you've kind of touched on something that is the the main misconception about spiritual gifts today is that we are valuable because of our gifts and um you know because of our usefulness in it in a way and a lot of the time i think the world around us does value you for what you can do certainly if you are in a job or at school or whatever it is that you're doing you show you know it's all about proving what you can do but i just don't think god's kingdom is like that and i don't think that our worth is at all connected to what we can do and which spiritual gifts we have or don't have um, I think that our worth comes because we are human and we are created in the image of God and he loves us. And so all of these other gifts that we have are extra blessings which he has given us for a purpose and to use, to be useful. But I felt that I've been, you know, I've had loads of situations where I've found myself thinking, oh, I'm not worthy because I don't have this gift or that gift. I think that's particularly the case in in churches that really emphasise the supernatural gifts, and, and in particular, I think the speaking speaking in tongues. I mm. think that's something that I've been into churches before, and it's kind of assumed that if you're a Christian, you can speak in tongues. Mm. And if you can't, well, you're not really a Christian. Yeah, and then you go into other churches where you would never hear somebody speak in tongues, and they wouldn't necessarily even know what it was if you said it to them. Yeah, yeah I and I, I didn't really know what it was until I was probably in my late teens mm. I, I just wasn't in that environment yeah. and and so sort of the the disconnect between the oh we don't really do speaking in tongues here and everyone speaking in tongues and that's a sign you're saved yeah um, which is very much the environment that I grew up in um, and I always thought maybe there's something wrong with me maybe I'm not a proper Christian yet because I don't have that gift yeah and I wouldn't even have seen it as a gift really I would have seen it as a well this is what Christians do yeah um and yeah for a long time I thought that I wasn't good enough um, because however many times I might have asked for it I never received that yeah. gift I I remember walking into a church service and the the pastor at the front of the band were there just finished up up sort of uh, practicing and the pastor says okay before service we're all now going to come to the front and we're all going to to speak and sing in tongues so everyone come mm-hmm. forward and I just stood at the back going what about me mm-hmm. yeah. and Considering the Bible says that you shouldn't speak tongues in public without a an uh, interpreter there, someone who has mm. the gift of interpreting tongues, which is another of the, the spiritual gifts that's listed, it makes me feel like there are parts of the church that have elevated this gifting mm. so high they're actually forgetting what it's meant to be about. And mm. the Bible, sort of, you look at them, that the one gift that doesn't build up others but builds yourself up is mm. speaking in tongues, unless there's an interpreter there. Yeah. And... Uh, same church I had a, a case where you know, someone stood up and spoke in tongues and then said right do we have an interpreter mm. no the bible says that you have an interpreter then you can speak in tongues and maybe I just don't understand it but for me it felt like yeah and I don't know 100% how, 
how I feel about that because I think sometimes how would you know that you have the gift of interpretation unless somebody spoke in tongues but I think I think at least in those situations you know somebody's attempting to bring that element in and wanting to give a chance for somebody to interpret yeah I, I can see that I think it it troubled me more because of the 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 other things that had gone on as well the sure. fact that yeah perhaps I wasn't looking at it in its most charitable way yeah the reason for that because I've been in church I was in a church for many years which just had that assumption that everyone could speak in tongues and it never even occurred to me that there was such a thing as interpretation so so now if I'm in a service and somebody says right we're going to wait for the interpretation uh, as a kind of a step of faith that if God has provided this tongue that somebody has given publicly then that there also will be an interpretation uh, I really respect that I think as well maybe that is is one symptom of a problem that's that's true of the wider church I think what you were saying about how the world tends to value us by our, our productivity um, by what we achieve and what we can do I think that's really true and I think that's actually a very western modern cultural thing mm. and I think maybe all of us as a whole church in the west are actually very impacted by that and maybe in in one branch of the church that tends to be in these very supernatural spiritual gifts, perhaps particularly speaking in tongues, that we're seeing this as something that you need to, to achieve to qualify almost, which is, mm. is such a cultural thing, isn't it, that we have to, to hit these benchmarks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I have never spoken in tongues and because I don't come from a very Pentecostal background. I've n- never had the experience of being made to feel like I should. I've never particularly wanted to be able to. But I know in other ways I can be very guilty of feeling like if I'm not achieving a certain thing or doing a certain thing or experiencing church in a certain way, I'm not doing it right. And actually, I think that is such a, a cultural issue, not a God issue. I don't think God, I don't think there is a right way to approach God. And I don't think God wants us to do anything or be anything other than who he made us. I'm in a position where I think I spoke in tongues. Growing up, I'd never had that gifting. I didn't really know about it, as I said earlier, but then I went through a period where I, I did pray to God and ask after it, and I felt I'd, I'd received it, and at the time I'd never doubt it. And only recently I've started to look back and say, because now I don't again. And mm. I think it's absolutely possible God can give you the gift of tongues for a season. And for me it did coincide with a period when I was struggling with depression, I was needing something without words. Mm. Yeah, in some ways it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was also for the first time in my life surrounded by people who really believed in speaking in tongues mm. and who it was a core part of their worship mm. so there is a bit of me now that questions was I going with the flow was I fooling myself mm. and I don't know honestly I don't know whether that was me speaking in tongues coming from God or whether it was me wanting to fit in and yeah I, I, now I wouldn't pray for it again sure and I mean yeah it's not one that that I am too concerned with praying for for myself. Um, I think I've made my peace with not having that gift. Um, it took a long time, but uh, a friend's mum actually showed me the passage in 1 Corinthians, which somehow I'd never read before, despite being in a church that was obsessed with the gifts, particularly speaking in tongues. And she just really helped me to understand that where my gifting is in teaching, and I'd kind of never had anybody affirm a particular spiritual gift to me before yeah. so I think actually having that 
recognition of others on the on the same level really helped and actually saying how if if you have a gift in teaching then the that's obviously because there's a work for you to do in that area and then how would that gift of tongues help you with that thing that God has called you to but I'm sort of happy now that I kind of know what my giftings are and I'm not too worried about the ones that I don't have but I'm aware that we've talked a lot about the gift of tongues and I'm sure that's not the only example of where the church has gone massively off base um you you hear it with people who have illnesses and and the church being obsessed with kind of healing and if you haven't received that gift um or do you have enough faith and and people calling into question the whole idea of what it means to be saved because of a gift that you have or haven't received yeah yeah and i think by sort of nature of what we've talked about so far we've always come quite hard on the more pentecostal evangelical wing of the church mm. but actually even looking at the um more sort of i guess i don't, I don't really know how to describe it the, the the churches that aren't there places the, like, the more reserved more reserved church the methodist church the anglican church mm. a number of baptist churches actually the gifts that they're sort of perhaps getting away stuff like if you've got a gift for being welcoming you are stuck on the welcome rotor and you're there for life or if you've got a gift with children you are doing children's work I think sometimes the mistake made at that end is actually that these people have been given gifts and talents that, yes, they want to use for God, mm. but because there is often a smaller pool of manpower nowadays, yeah. it then becomes all-consuming. You know, this person mm. this person does our children's work. Because, because that's their gift, that's so their we're gift. going to put them in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And actually they might be saying, actually, yeah, I'm happy to come and help out with Sunday school once a month, but I also really need a space. I know for me, I moved out of doing full-time youth work within a church, moving into a new church one thing that i appreciated was the first question wasn't will you help with the youth it was not assumed at all that i would do they knew that i you know i had a qualification as a youth worker they weren't asking that at all because i was there to heal and i was there to spend time and to have a church family now i'm doing youth work and i love it Hmm. and i've got to know the kids and built up good relationships and i'm doing the work i did before and using my gift but when I first arrived, wasn't the right time. And I think churches often have that sort of feel of, you, you are volunteered. I think that can be a misuse of someone's gift. They have to be freely given. I think as well, even when they are freely given, if we're not careful, the impression we're giving, even if it's not what we actually mean, can become, become one of we're valuing this person because of what they can give and because of the gifts they have, rather than just as a brother and sister in Christ. And I think we need to be careful to distinguish between nurturing someone's gifts as a church family both supernatural and otherwise and leaning too heavily on those gifts and kind of almost taking advantage of them Mm, and making sure that people feel that first and foremost we want you to come to church because we love you and we love having you here and nothing else is required of you to be part of this family yeah Yeah, it comes back to that value thing yeah do we value people because of what they can give or do we value people and God also gives us these yeah. gifts of blessing. Yeah, I think I, I actually touched on this a little bit in our, our second ever episode on denominations. Mm. As a millennial going into a church, I can tell if someone wants something from me mm. and I don't want to be there then. Yeah. I think a lot of churches, you know, you hear just going, you know, how do we attract younger people? Well, if younger people are bringing gifts into your church, don't assume they're yours to use. God might be opening a space for them to work with you, but he might also be positioning them elsewhere. You don't know what their life is, where they are in that stage. And please don't assume we're all youth workers, we're not. 
I mean, are we not? Well, well here we are. We all are. <laughs> um, millennials are not all. all you well, yes, yeah, take me up here. You, you say right. that, but how many churches, if if they get a young person sort of our age walking in, their first thought is actually, oh, you could help with the youth work because okay. you're young and hip. I thought you were talking to our listeners. <laughs> please don't assume all millennials are. <laughs> um, please don't do that. Also, um, don't assume that any of us are young and hip. We're very much not. I'm young. <laughs> Ish. I have hips. True. That... We are young and hip. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're getting old. Um, I think it's also, on picking up from what Andrew just said, I think it's also worth noting that older people can be really good at youth work, and some of the best examples of youth work I've seen have come from people who very much were not young or hip. Um, and I think we shouldn't kind of categorise people and assume they have certain gifts or certain value based on sort of stereotypes about them. Get to know people as individuals and find out where their gifting is and where their heart is and the things God's laying on their heart to care about. Yeah, so we've kind of gone a little off topic, but I think it was a good detour to take. That should be yeah. the tagline of the podcast. <laughs> the Anvil. It's a good detour. <laughs> it's a good detour, yeah. I guess maybe just to finish off then, what do we each actually believe about spiritual gifts? Yes, I'm aware within the church there are multiple different camps, as it were. Some who believe that the spiritual gifts, particularly the supernatural ones, stopped after the early church and are no longer accessible. Mm. And those that believe that they continue to this day. Yeah. That That's kind of the two main camps I'm aware of. And I think yeah. I, I have to believe they continue to this day for me, because otherwise I'm calling large swathes of the church liars. Doesn't that work both ways, though? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, not not quite as, as much, because I could say I believe spiritual gifts continue... But these people who believe they've stopped are not asking or seeking them, so they're not experiencing them. Okay, sure. So I think if you're saying that they don't exist at all, then anyone who claims they are experiencing them is either making it up or deluded. Sure, which and is a little bit of a worse allegation. Yeah, yes. I think some are deluded or making it up. Right. But I wouldn't be comfortable saying that about all of them. How do you, how do you get to decide who, who's deluded <laughs> and who's making it up? Well, I don't up? think like, it's asked to ma- decide. What makes you think that? I don't think we can decide. I just hmm. think it's statistically and we've seen enough cases of people who've been exposed who've been particularly say healing ministries in in the states where Mm. people have been you know televangelists who are performing miracles and it later turns out actually they're picking on people who are actors or that you know you you'll find out later they are faking it sure so maybe people in prominent positions who are making money or getting famous off and might have a motive for faking it yeah Mm. but people on a more individual basis within church congregations, we have to believe what they're telling us about what they're experiencing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, we're meant to be a, a one family, one church, and mm. so I don't want to really say, oh, no, you, you can't be experiencing that. It's not my experience. I don't get to decide that. It feels a bit arrogant to me to say these gifts have definitively stopped. Mm. Now, is there a reason why I don't have people speaking in tongues when I'm in my Methodist church every week? Yeah, because that's not the kind of church where we're not seeking it. We're not creating the environment for people to feel able to do that mm. now the methodist church i grew up in people did used to speak in tongues in the service and um, it wasn't an every week thing and it was one or two members of the congregation in particular who had that gift and they always would then go on to translate what had been said or interpret rather yes interpret <laughs> sorry translate was a bad choice of words it was something that happened on a relatively regular basis outside of a say classically pentecostal evangelical setting where you might expect to find that happening Linda, where do you stand? I, I come across quite forceful <laughs> on that. I guess I've got a, a fairly strong belief there. So. 
I, yeah, I believe that they are still in use. They are still important. I think that it's not just the, the charismatic gifts that were traditionally considered. That's the word I've been looking for this whole podcast. <laughs> charismatic. Well, I'm not actually sure it is, because that's what you hear people talking about mm. them as. But actually, I think all of the, the word that's used, I was looking into this recently, I think the word that is used to describe spiritual gifts is where we get the word charismatic. And then there's a different word used to describe the su- the more supernatural right. gifts. Okay. So actually, when you'd say, oh, I'm from a charismatic church, really, equally, you could be charismatic by having faith or by encouraging people or by showing hospitality. You know, all of those are, are described in that way. Okay. Um, ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, today I learned. Them today. I, can't, I can't actually remember what the other word is, but... Yeah, I think that they are all essential for church to function, and I think that they are all equally valuable. And like I said earlier, I don't think that we are, have value because of the gifts that we have, but I think that the more important question is is how we're using them, and are we dedicating ourselves to using them in order to build up the church? And yeah, are we recognising and affirming each other's gifts and helping them to feel able to contribute something, even if it isn't? the sort of gift that everybody else has or the one that people might be expecting everybody to be able to do. I think that's a really interesting sort of way to sort of start to finish up. We're, we're starting to run low on time now. Mm. I guess maybe we finish up with, if you had one piece of advice to give to someone surrounding spiritual gifts, either about a particular gift or gifts in general, supernatural or otherwise, which are all charismatic, as I've learned today, mm. using my knowledge already, what would it be? That's a really hard question. I know. I've already prepared my answer. Oh, you go first then. (laughs) Ask a question and then answer it. (laughs) Okay. I would say, for me, particularly with people who may have a gift of prophecy, be aware of those around you Hmm. and who you're prophesying to. Don't stand at the front and loudly declare what God says for this one person's life. Because too often that can happen and you just end up feeling... If you're in in the audience, you feel really uncomfortable. You feel like you're being highlighted. And I think, you know, there is a time for actually going, I'm going to do this quietly. Hmm. I'm not going to stand up at the front. Being up at the front gives you all the plaudits. Yeah. I'm not saying that's why you're doing it, but is there a reason you can't go to them Hmm. singularly and say, I think, the key word there, I think God has said. Yeah. Maybe God said the opposite to them. Maybe you're wrong. Hmm. Not saying you are. But for me, it would be if you've got a gift like that where you have a word from God, be humble and approach the person in the way that will help them. After all, this gift is not meant to be for you, it's meant to be for them. Yeah, okay, so I think my piece of advice might be a little bit contradictory. <laughs> um, not so much. I think I'd be careful of how you use your gifts and whether you're putting that pressure on someone by saying, oh, God says this, God says that. But I think also just gifts are not skills that you have to grow in and be perfect in before you can use them I think they are given by God for a purpose and I think that if we use them then we're showing that we value what he's given us and it doesn't have to mean that we get it perfectly all the time and it doesn't matter about comparing it with whatever anybody else might have but I think just yeah it becomes less about I think it's less about us as the people who have the gifts and more about the people who we're serving and using that gift and how are we using it to build up other people. I think that would be my most important thing to take away. I think I would just encourage this theoretical person I'm giving advice to to just be to be really satisfied with the gifts God has chosen to give you. And that doesn't mean that it's not okay to, to pray for new gifts, but 
whether we're talking about sort of more supernatural gifts or whether we're talking about more normal gifts that many people have things like being really servant-hearted things like being able to sing or paint or write well all of those things I think we have such a tendency to get into the habit of comparing ourselves to other people and going I really wish I could paint like that person or I really wish I could speak in tongues like that person or whatever it might be and I think to just to know that God made you and he made you well and he made you special and he gave you the gift he wanted you to have and whatever it is you can do there is real real value in that and there's a real place for that and if all of us were brilliant painters or brilliant singers the world would be a really really boring place so I think to try and stop comparing yourself but just see value in the gifts God has given you whether that is something really unusual or whether it's something that might seem more ordinary there is something you can do to serve other people with it and there is a reason God's given it to you and there's value in it. I can't think of a better place to end. This has been the Anvil Podcast. If you want to find us online, we're at churchesbookshop.im and also on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash churchesbookshop. Both of those have more information about the podcast. So uh, for now, that's Linda. That's Georgia. That's Andrew. And we've been the Anvil Podcast and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.